Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is November 17th. This is week 11 of the 2020 NFL season. My name's Michael Nazarak, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, is my good friend and very experienced fantasy player and writer, Chris Rigo. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, sir. Thank you. Looking forward to talking about some football. I can't believe it's week 11 already, like you said. Man, the season is flying by. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, you know, uh, we're, we're battling through this COVID uh, season. Uh, I believe they said they had 52 positive tests over the last week, 17 players. But uh, they're doing a pretty darn good job of uh, isolating the players as uh, the tests are cold positive, and we haven't had any more cancellations of any games, and really haven't lost any uh, too many key players, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and we're just think- we're crossing our fingers, and hope hopefully we can get through these last seven weeks and then get into the playoffs. And I don't know if they're going to have some kind of bubble or whatnot, but whatever they're going to do. But uh, I think we will have a Super Bowl come February, and uh, hopefully with all the, the vaccine, the, all the good news there, they may be able to have some uh, fans in the stands. We'll, I guess we'll see. But let's get right to the uh, the news, and there's lots of injury stuff to talk about. I was trying to, to find some topics that weren't really injury, but a lot of it's just related. And down in New Orleans, uh, Drew Brees is hurting. Uh, you know, he, he took another big hit. He came into the game this past week with uh, a couple of fractured ribs. Uh, didn't really talk to people about it. But uh, he ended up uh, leaving the game, I think, with at least five fractured ribs and a collapsed lung. And it looks like he's going to be out at least two to three weeks getting a second opinion, might be placed on IR. I don't know if he's going to come back this year. The question, uh, the question then uh, right off the top of my head if he's gone for the year, do you, do you think there's a chance that this could be it for Drew Brees? There absolutely could be a chance. And, you know, there was rumors he was kind of on the edge whether to come back next year or not. Anyway, I, I kind of go two ways with this. This could push him over the edge and say, this is just too much. I've been beat up all year. It could also, with a guy with his kind of career, make him say, this is not the way I want to go out. So, you know, it, it, I'm kind of torn as to what, what it is, but, it, it really could be the end we see a breeze. So that would be would be a, a terrible tragedy to lose him this way. Yeah. The the other question, obviously, is who's going to start? Uh, Sean Payton is very big mum on the situation. Uh, you got Jameis Winston there came into the game uh, to relieve him in the second half. Uh, didn't uh, have much success, but uh, you know the the defense carried the the game there. Uh, and then you got Taysom Hill that's uh, obviously going to be at least sprinkled in, but. Who do you think is going to start? Do you think they're going to go with Winston and sprinkle in Hill, or maybe they could start Hill and sprinkle in Wilson? Uh, Winston, I'm sorry. Uh, what do you think, Chris? I don't see any way that Jameis Winston is not the starting quarterback, quite frankly. I mean, that's the reason you have a veteran with all that starting experience on your bench, a la Teddy Bridgewater the, the years before. 
And the other thing is, is that you know what Taysom Hill can offer you in those sporadic usages, in those, I'll call them strange plays or gimmick plays, even though they're, they're not all they are. Um, whereas you cannot really bring in Winston a couple of plays at a time. He's just not, not proven himself to be that kind of guy. So this is the thing where you definitely start Winston, and you might use Taysom Hill slightly more than you have with Breeze because you don't want to take the Hall of Famer off the field in certain situations. But I don't don't see them going with Taysom Hill full bore because if you do, you don't sprinkle in Winston. You just go with Hill. And I, and I just don't see them doing that and losing that, that flexibility. Okay, so this week they kind of catch a break. Uh, they they get the well, the Falcons. They are coming off their bye, and their defense is improving a little bit. But they're they're one of the worst uh, secondaries in the league. Uh, I guess this is a good thing for Winston. So if in other words, if you got Breeze and uh, your backup is along uh, on a, on a bye, like uh, like say uh, Daniel Jones. Okay. Uh, anyway, do you go out and pick up Winston and start him this week against Atlanta? Uh, well, it depends on what else you have. You could consider starting Winston. We'll talk more about him a little bit later. But, I mean, you mentioned Daniel Jones. If you have Daniel Jones on your roster, I think you drop him and pick up Winston, period, full stop. You look at the next four weeks for the mm-hmm. Saints' schedule. They're very quarterback-friendly down the stretch of the season. So, if you've got Winston for three or four weeks only, he's worth more than Daniel Jones for the next three or four weeks because he's startable, depending on what else you have. He's startable for the next four weeks. That's right. Uh, what, what, I guess what, what happens if your other back, your other backup, what well, the other quarterback, let's say, is Ryan Tannehill, and he's playing Baltimore this week. So, in other words, I'm trying to put yeah. you in a situation where maybe you really seriously have to consider Winston. Would you go ahead and start him cold that way? I, I would have no problem with it. Again, we're going to talk more about Winston in our clicks and flicks. He's one of the guys I'm kind of high on this week. So, for just the reasons okay. we're talking about, and we'll, we'll get some more detail later. Okay. Uh, well, moving on to the next quarterback injury, uh, Matthew Stafford. Uh, he injured his thumb, uh, played most of that game, uh, really didn't know that he had an injury until after the game, but he's got a partial ligament uh, tear. But uh, it looks like he's likely to play this week. Uh, they, they did some tests on him. Uh, it all just depends on how well he can throw a football in practice. We'll certainly see later this week if he has any issues there. It'd be uh, Chase Daniel, I guess. But anyway, moving on over to, to, to Carolina, Teddy Bridgewater might be in the same boat there. He's got a knee sp- uh, sprained to uh, MCL, but it's a very minor sprain. Uh, you know, he thinks it uh, – in fact, the team thinks he's going to be limited on Wednesday. So, uh, you know, it looks like uh, he's probably going to end up playing too. Is If you got Stafford or Bridgewater on your team, uh, Chris. Are you worried about either of these guys not playing? Uh, I'm more worried about Bridgewater if he does play, frankly, because he's, he, you know, he's he's a little bit nimble, but he's not. The game isn't based on it, so I, I worry about their offensive line protecting him, even against the Lions' pass rush. He's not going to have Christian McCaffrey, which is a bigger deal, um, you know, and he's really not been that good for fantasy. In Stafford's case, he's played through a lot of injuries, including this week, like you just said. So I am not worried about Stafford at all. I think you start Stafford as you normally would. Um, my bigger concern with him is that he's not done well against what looks to be plus matchups for fantasy, and he's done great against bad matchups. So he's kind of been the, the opposite of what you would expect. And this looks like a good matchup. So his history this year, maybe he's not going to do that good. Um, like you said, he played all last week with that, that thumb ligament he injured early. He finished with the top QBR of any quarterback in the NFL last week. So I, I'm not worried about Stafford at all. Probably a little bit more worried about Bridgewater. Okay. Uh, moving on over to Denver, you had uh, Drew Locke with the ribs. Uh, he's very iffy to play, and if he doesn't, it uh, uh, looks like Brett Rippon would, would, could start there. And it looks like, you know, Rippon didn't uh, do play that well when, I mean, that badly when, when he got a chance to, to play. If you've got guys like uh, Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick and uh, Drew Locke doesn't play, uh, does that uh, give you pause to, to start those guys or not? Uh, 
maybe a little bit. Like you said, Rip, Rippin was okay, but he doesn't really scare you at all. Um, he came in without much film on him, so those guys usually do a little bit better at the outset. If you look at the numbers, kind of Patrick had an uptick with Rip in the lineup, and Judy went down a little bit. So if you're kind of on the edge mm-hmm. on whether to start one of those two guys, those maybe your wide receiver three, consider that, that, that Rippin seemed to favor Patrick a little bit more uh, versus Judy uh, in the few games that he was in the lineup there. Okay. Real quick, uh, people, you should know that Christian McCaffrey is not going to play this week again. The shoulder is going to miss multiple weeks. Not sure if that means another week uh, next week or not. Mike Davis, he's got a thumb injury, but he, he left the game. They, uh, It's not broken. They just taped it up, and he uh, went back in the game and played, so he was gonna, he's going to start if he can make it through practice this week. We will see. The big question in Seattle, because it's a Thursday night game, Arizona-Seattle, is Chris Carson. Finally, uh, three games missed with that foot injury. He did not practice on Monday, but he was limited today. Uh, on Tuesday, and that's a step up. Uh, they, they said they were, he was going to be running and all. Uh, what do you think, uh, Chris? Do you think that uh, Chris Carson has a good shot to play this week? I think he has, a, I would say, a better than average chance to start this week, but I, I still would be really concerned about playing him for fantasy. Um, he's behind Carlos Hyde, who's fully practiced, and Travis Horner has also had a limited practice. Just like him, So it's going to be a jumbled mess, probably a huge RBBC and, and a game where they're probably going to throw more than run anyway. So, you know, Arizona's actually been pretty good. They've limited eight of the ten opposing running back groups that they face to less than their predicted fantasy output. So this is not a great matchup, and it's a, it's a real jumbled mess. So I think he'll play, but I wouldn't expect a lot. Okay, well, we'll see uh, when the injury report comes out tomorrow whether he's going to play or not on Thursday night. We remind everyone we have a comprehensive list of injuries over at ffmastermind.com. Uh, uh, all premium subscribers have access to that list updated on a daily basis. Real, real quickly, let's go over the, some of the other quarterbacks. you got Andy Dalton got that concussion. I think he was off the, uh, the COVID list because they practiced uh, on Monday. So he's expected mm-hmm. to play this week, and that's a good news for the Cowboys there. Uh, Sam Darnold is out again with a shoulder injury for the Jets. Looks like Joe Flacco is going to start. Uh, moving on over to Cincinnati, Joe Mixon with that foot injury. Uh, people are saying, uh, I've heard a couple of people say, well, is it a list, Frank? But uh, I don't know. He was running fairly well late last week. We'll see if he can practice. I think this is something more along the lines of a Chris Carson injury, and we'll see. Otherwise, it's going to be Gio Bernard again. Uh, in Miami, Matt Breida uh, with a hamstring. We'll see if he can practice this week. Otherwise, it'll be Salvan Ahmed, who had the big game against the Chargers last week. Uh, pick him up <laughs> if he's available there. Uh, he could start again. Uh, Tyler Lockett, uh, going back to Seattle with a knee. He's got a bit of a sprained knee there. He did not uh, 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 practice. Monday or Tuesday, very iffy to play on Thursday. Uh, Chris, what's your opinion of David Moore? It looks like Moore might be the number two there behind D.K. Metcalf. He's had some good games, but he didn't do much last week, even though he got more snaps because of Lockett's injury. What do you think of David Moore this week? Well, I, I like him as a, as a kind of what-the-heck play, especially if you need some, a wide receiver. He's probably available on your waiver wire. Uh, he's definitely not going to get a lot of attention with D.K. Metcalf out there in a game where the ball should be in the air a lot. So, yeah, I kind of like him. Okay. Uh, over in Atlanta, they're hoping that Calvin Ridley, once again with a foot injury, he ran on Monday. We'll see if he can practice this week and, and return to action. He got to set, sit a whole week off. 
because of the bye from Atlanta, and they're playing the Saints, of course, big matchup there. Uh, Kenny Galladay with that hip, he's still week to week. We'll see if he can practice later this week and play. Otherwise, he'll sit in on the week. And Sammy Watkins, they've been uh, waiting forever on him, of course, uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs coming off that bye. He might be able to play with that hamstring. And, of course, uh, Adam Humphreys, is, we'll see if he can clear the concussion in Tennessee uh, and see if he can play. Uh, Zach Ertz, high ankle sprain, was on IR. He's been designated to return. That started the 21-day window for him to practice and for the team to make a decision to come back. They need all the weapons they can get. They, Alshon Jeffrey uh, started. Uh, well, actually, he played last week. Yeah, one target, no catches. I'm not sure if he's going to make any kind of impact. But, Chris, if you got Zach Ertz on the waiver wire, you grab him right now, right? Do you think he's going to make an impact? Uh, Cashing on your bench if you got him. I, I, like you said, I wouldn't start him anytime soon, but they've got a favorable passing matchup down the stretch. And he's obviously a proven commodity that's probably better than anything else off your waiver wire and probably better than your number two tight end. So if you've got, you got room to stash him, stash him. Same with uh, Alan Lazard, who got uh, activated off the IR this afternoon. So he could be that's back. right. Maybe not now, but eventually. I think that they said they actually activated uh, uh, Lazard. So uh, he's been practicing for a couple of weeks. And with the assumption that he will be playing this week, uh, you guys go out there and run out and pick up MBS coming off those two big games. You might be disappointed because uh, Al Lazar is a better player than MBS. We'll see what happens this week, though. Uh, anyway, Herb Smith in uh, Minnesota, uh, he didn't play this past week, uh, Monday night, because of a groin injury. We'll see if he can play. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's expert league Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, please check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Uh, we have uh, a lot of free information there, including free NFL uh, QuickBit news items every day, updated all the time. Free in-season sky scanner reports, including those that cover the Colts for, uh, from Chris Rito. And, of course, we're still producing our weekly in-season fantasy newsletters for our premium subscribers. Daily releases, the market, uh, inside slant, uh, uh, holler from the cheap seat, uh, uh, game, NFL game matchup analysis, a fourth and one injury report, lots of good stuff. Altogether, it's fourteen ninety-five. The, size, the price of a pizza for the rest of the season to try us out. It's our midseason sale. And please follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. Let's go right to the picks to click and flick for week 11. All right, Chris, give me a couple of quarterbacks you like and why. Well, I'll start with a couple. Both these guys we mentioned already, I'll start with a guy we talked about a lot, Jameis Winston. Um, the one team that Jameis has always lit up is Atlanta. And he gets them this week in his first start as a Saint. He's averaged over 300 yards per game and three and a half touchdowns a game in his last seven starts while he was with the Bucks with several different offensive philosophies. So you know they're going to focus on Kamara this week, and they're going to dare Jameis to throw. And in any case, Atlanta's pretty good against the run and the second-worst versus the pass for fantasy. They have a lot of league-worst 22 touchdown passes and also sneaky over six yards per carry on the ground to quarterbacks, worst in the league. He, so it makes Winston a really sneaky bi-week fill-in or a nice DFS play because he's probably going to be cheap. And then I like Andy Dalton this week, if you want to get really gutsy. 
Um, he practiced in full this week. I think he's going to be under center on Sunday. I still have my worries about Dallas getting deep going with this offensive line, and everybody can throw on the Vikings. They're averaging 300 yards per game and two-and-a-half touchdowns allowed. The Cowboys still have a great wide receiver crew. They're going to probably have to throw against a tired Minnesota secondary on the short week. I don't think Dallas can stop the run and Cook, so they're going to be behind. And for what it's worth, you know, Dalton is averaging 320 yards per game in his last five full games against NFC opponents, including his lone full game earlier this year. And, again, those four games he played last year with nowhere near the passing weapons he has this year. Yeah, I guess everybody except Chicago, that is, can't pass on the Vikings on Monday night. But well, what Chicago a mess. Chicago pass against us. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Okay, a couple quarterbacks I like this week. What's not to like with Justin Herbert? The kid has not uh, produced less than 21 fantasy points in any of the eight games he started this year. And guess what? He gets the New York Jets this week. So I'm, I'm looking probably three-plus scores, maybe even another run-in. We're looking at a Tom Brady-type 30-plus point game. So if you've got Herbert, no doubt start him in. He's top five this week at least. And Lamar Jackson returns to at least status. I think he's going to burn the Titans' a struggling defense for uh, at least one score probably uh, via the run as well as a couple in the air. Uh, this is the game, of course, to, to start uh, Lamar Jackson. A couple of guys I'm not uh, crazy about this week is the opposite of Jackson is T- Ryan Tannehill in that game against the Baltimore defense. I think he's he's struggling. Uh, you know, the only thing that seems to be going well is the run game, and they might be able to run a little bit on Baltimore there. Damian Harris did well for New England. That's Derrick Henry. But if they fall behind in that game as Tannehill, I think he's going to struggle against the Ravens secondary and Jimmy Smith, so be careful there. And Carson Wentz, uh, boy, I look at some of the game film against the Giants, he was just missing the play, the throws, um, inaccuracy, uh, hesitating. I don't know what's going on there, but definitely he's playing his worst football right now, and the Browns will not help him. They shut down uh, Deshaun Watson uh, in bad weather last week, but they still shut him down, and I think they're going to do the same Carson Wentz, so look elsewhere for a good fantasy game this week. What about you, uh, Chris? Give me a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about. Uh, a couple of old guys, one of whom you're probably already not considering is Phillip Rivers. Um, the Packers are surprisingly good pass defense statistically. They've allowed under 225 yards a game and only one game over 300 yards despite playing with large leads in a lot of their games. Um, they've been particularly good over the last five weeks, too. And they have speed-based pass rushers. These are the kind of guys that give the Colts offensive line a little bit of trouble. Uh, I look also that Rivers has played against top 15 pass defenses only three times this year and he's been under 220 yards each time with only two total touchdowns. So if you're even thinking of Rivers as a QB2, you know, forget about him. And then I don't really like Tom Brady this week. Um, the Rams are obviously a top-end pass defense. They've allowed a league-low 221 yards per game and only nine passing touchdowns in nine weeks, four games without a touchdown pass in the last six weeks. Um, Brady has also been very poor at home, 19 points per game in four games, and actually under 13 points per game if you exclude that one crazy Chargers game when he threw for five touchdowns. Um, he has followed his only two big fantasy days this year with absolute duds too. You know, final thing I think about pressure up the middle has always killed him his whole career. Hello, Aaron Donald's right here coming right up your gut. Um, there's probably a better option on your roster because Brady was probably drafted as a backup in your draft this year. Yep. Uh, one league I've got Brady and Herbert, so who, you know who I'm going to play with this, this week is Herbert. Uh, <laughs> anyway, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? A couple of guys who were kind of coming off the bench midseason. I'll start with DeAndre Swift. Uh, the young man finally got a start last week, and he seemed to figure it out. He exploded on Washington week 10. And Carolina is far less skilled of a run defense. They've allowed the most running back receptions by far as well, about seven a game, which plays into Swift's skill set. Uh, the minor thumb injury to Stafford we talked about likely probably means, if anything, 
slightly more running than usual against a beatable defense. So Swift could be in for another huge volume week uh, on the ground and in the air. And I kind of like Chase Edmonds, a sneaky play for you. Kind of lost in Drake's 100-yard game and his return was a very solid complimentary role for Edmonds uh, still last week. Seattle gives up so much that all the Arizona guys are good plays. And a fast guy on a short week usually has a great big play potential. The defense is a little bit banged up and tired still. Uh, Seattle allows the second most running back receptions at almost seven per game. And Edmonds himself had seven catches for 87 yards just a few weeks ago uh, against this defense in a complimentary role. So uh, Seattle's allowed an Arizona running back to top 140 total yards and over 22 PPR points in each of the last three games in this matchup, including Edmonds. Uh, just a few weeks ago. I look for him to break a long play here and have a really nice day. Okay. Uh, a couple of running backs I like this week. Mike Davis, provided he can practice through that thumb injury. I think he's going to produce better than he has recently here against the sorry Lions run defense. And, of course, Damian Harris coming off that big game against the uh, Baltimore Ravens. I think he's going to roll up the yards and scores on the Texans that have no run defense there. The only drawback, of course, is Harris is not really part of the passing game. But uh, if he runs for 100 yards and a score or two, then uh, you won't uh, you won't be concerned with that. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week, Daryl Henderson, uh, uh, the Bucks defense, very good. And, of course, Henderson's one part of a three-part cog RBBC there. And uh, Malcolm Brown seems to be getting the goal carries there. So uh, I wouldn't expect much from Daryl Henderson this week. And the caution play of the week, yep, James Robinson, Jacksonville. They're playing the Steelers. So, you know, he's going to get everything. So you're going to start him. And just hope that he can top 70 yards and maybe sneak in a score. But I don't think it will happen this week. We'll, we'll see. And, uh, you know, that's what I think about that. <laughs> anyway, how about you, Chris, uh, about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about? Well, a couple of even bigger caution plays, guys who were drafted up near the top of your draft. I'm going to start with Todd Gurley. He's been very touchdown dependent uh, all year. And, you know, Gurley had seven of his nine games, 63 rushing yards or less, and only 15 catches for the year. So this week he faces the same team that has allowed a league-low three rushing touchdowns and amongst the fewest carries. So, uh, you know, Gurley's been under 14 PPR points, three of his last three bottom seven run defenses, and he's only and he's and scoring four touchdowns at that time. So he's just not getting any yards. He's got a pretty low floor in this game, and he's unlikely to hit a very exciting ceiling. And biggest caution play for me, even coming off a of bye, is Ezekiel Elliott. Again, a very touchdown-dependent guy so far this year. He's not scored since week five, and he's averaged 50 yards per game since that time. He only has four receptions in the last three games total, which is very un-Zeke-like. Um, like I said, he's not scored in his last four games against non-NFC East foes either. You know, obviously the, the division is weak. And meanwhile, the Vikings have not allowed a rushing touchdown since week three and have held Zeke himself to under 66 yards per game in his career. Does not look good for a rebound this week for the big man. Okay. What about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? Well, it kind of goes with my liking Andy Dalton and not liking Zeke. I really like Amari Cooper this week. Um, number one receivers have scored nine touchdowns in the last four games against Minnesota, and, and Robinson could have had another one this last week, and 12 touchdowns overall in the last, uh, uh, again, number one guys, 12 touchdowns all year. The secondary has allowed the most wide receiver touchdowns, 16 in total. Cooper was the most targeted guy by Dalton while he was in there, and he went off for 11 catches and 147 yards and a score on 14 targets, the only time he has played Minnesota as a Cowboy the, the last year. In the game that, that uh, they should Dallas should throw a fair amount, I look for Amari to be the biggest beneficiary. And then a sneaky play, I like Rashard Perriman of the Jets. Uh, when Joe Flacco entered the lineup, Crowder's PPR points per game dropped from 20 to 16 a game. Every other wide receiver on the Jets went up, 
and Perriman's scoring has gone from four points per game to 19 points per game with Flacco in there and from three to eight targets per game. Flacco throws a much better deep ball, and this week's matchup affords some promise as the Chargers have allowed most of their touchdowns in big games to speed guys and secondary targets like Perriman, so Perriman should have some good chances. Okay. Uh, in that same game, the Chargers and Jets, I like Mike Williams. I think Big Mike's going to score on the Jets. Uh, so, uh, you know, obviously you start guys like Keenan Allen. But, uh, you know, if you got Mike Williams as a flex, then uh, you have that cons- uh, ample consideration this week. And another secondary guys that done really well, except last week, was Christian Kirk. Arizona, I think he's going to score in a long one against the Seahawks. You know, the Seahawks give up a lot. Uh, they're one of the worst secretaries in the league, if not the worst. And I think Christian's going to get his this week, so uh, start him if you got him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, A.J. Brown, Tennessee, uh, coming off a one-catch game. I think you got to lower your expectations against the Ravens as well. Uh, you know, even though he plays a little bit better, uh, you know, when he goes against uh, tougher teams, defenses like the Bears a couple of weeks ago. But uh, the way they're trending right now, I don't like uh, Tannehill, so I don't like A.J. Brown. Jerry Judy, uh, well, it, it first, Xavier Howard. Uh, you know, he pretty much clamped down on DeAndre Hopkins a couple of weeks ago. I think he's going to clamp down on Jerry Judy. And if you got Brett Rippin in there, uh, you know, it ticks up for Patrick, down for Judy. Be careful of that situation there. How about a couple wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Well, we mentioned that I was, I was making some uh, kind of daring calls and some good guys at running back. Here's a couple of stud receivers that I think are both caution plays. Again, both in your lineup, both caution plays. I'll start with Mike Evans. Um, he's averaging 11 PPR points and about 45 yards per game in the last six weeks. That makes him a week number four in 12-team leagues. That's crazy. And he's yet to face a top 15 overall pass defense, too. He's only on pace for 64 catches and 800 yards, his worst season by far. And without his early season touchdown spree, he's barely a fantasy starter. Enter Jalen Ramsey in a defense that only allows four touchdown passes to receivers and only one in the last four weeks. This looks like another down game. Brady just had too many other options for, for bailout throws and no big plays. And then, you know, Devontae Adams. No one else would have the yardables to flick the best fantasy wide receiver in the game, right? Um, he's, he's an obvious must start, but you really should expect lower outcomes than usual. Um, the Colts have only allowed two wide receivers to score since week four and none in the last two weeks, and they're fifth best versus fantasy receivers. I also went back and looked at Adams' matchups with Xavier Rhodes, the times he was Minnesota. He averaged 54 yards per game in 11 career games against each other, 40 yards per game if you include, exclude the two last year when Rhodes didn't cover him hardly at all. So I want to be very cautious paying up for him in DFS. But, again, you're going to start Devontae Adams. Yep. Okay, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? I uh, love Jared Cook this week. After a few down weeks, Cook, Cook is primed for a big bounce back. Um, besides the fact that the Falcons have allowed the most tight end touchdowns, the most t- tight end receptions per game, and the most fantasy points per game to the tight end, uh, I like Jameis Winston. He also has had a penchant for using a mismatched tight end, even in the Bruce Arians offense last year that really doesn't use the tight end. He's, he's used them a fair amount. And his two games against Atlanta last year, for Cook, I should say, were two of his biggest three-yarded games in 2019 also. So I think there's something in this matchup they really like and that Cook really likes. And I like Eric Ebron, a, fl- uh, a click again this week. Jags have allowed uh, 10 wide receiver touchdowns on 113 catches, but seven tight end touchdowns on only 37 catches. So there's clearly a red zone thing where the tight end kills them. I expect Ebron to continue to get those red zone looks this week. He's in the top 20 in the league in targets and touchdowns in close, and this looks like a good opportunity for him to score. 
Okay, uh, a couple of guys I like at tight end. Logan Thomas uh, coming off his big yardage game of the season for for 60 or 66, something like that. Uh, I think he's going to score on the Bengals this week. Uh, Washington, Alex Smith, and all is playing well other than Terry McLaurin. It's the Logan Thomas there. And Hunter Henry, uh, who's had kind of a quiet season. He scored last week, and I think he's going to get it again this week against the Jets. What else? Uh, I'll start all your key uh, offensive players against the Jets this week. And a couple of guys I'm not, uh, um, not happy about uh, owning or starting starting this week would be Jonu Smith. I don't think he's going to get much against the Ravens. He hasn't done much lately. Uh, he's been lucky to score little uh, jet sweeps and little catches uh, for scores late in games, but I don't think he's going to do much against the Ravens this week. And Tyler Eifert, forget about it against the Steelers. So if you're looking for a streaming option, don't look Tyler's way. How about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Well, Tyler Eifert might be a good play if you get points for fumbles, but, oh, that, maybe that's a little unfair. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of don't like any of the tight ends in, in the, the Colts-Packers matchup. We'll start with Robert Tanya, and obviously the Colts are really tough against the tight end. They're the only team not to allow a tight end touchdown yet. My bigger concerns are that Tanya looked a bit gimpy still last week on that ankle, and he's only averaged five PPR points per game the last five weeks and no touchdowns since that big blow-up in week four. I think he might be a little bit of an overrated flash, uh, kind of like Tyler Higby at the end of last year. So I'd be really cautious expecting that flash breakout Tyler Higby, Robert Tanyan, like we, against a team that hasn't allowed anything yet this year. And I don't like any of the Colts' tight ends. I, I'm not sure if Jack Doyle is going to be back in yet. Um, and then Trey Burton and Mo Alley-Cox, it's just not a good matchup for them. The Packers have allowed the fewest tight end receptions all year, actually less than the Colts, and only one tight end touchdown, despite playing against some pretty good tight ends and tight end-friendly offenses. So on a day when I expect the passing game for the Colts to really struggle, I think a smaller piece of a small, already small pie just does not excite me for the tight end possibility. Okay, let's hit your one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them, Chris. Yeah, a couple of guys that were drafted early and then petered out that might be on your waiver wire. We'll start with Zane Gonzalez. He's a hot pickup probably with three good games in a row, and he had 18 points against Seattle just a few weeks ago. And then I like Mike Badgley against the Jets. The Jets are allowing four field goals a game. Not field goal attempts, four field goals made the last three weeks. So, obviously, Badgley is a good pickup in, in a game where the, the Chargers should, scar, should score reasonably well. A couple of defenses I like. I, I kind of like uh, a, a poor Detroit defense playing on the road against Carolina. I like the chances against a team without CMC and possibly without Teddy Bridgewater. P.J. Walker making a start. I mean, this is not exactly uh, an experienced group that could provide some opportunities for sacks and turnovers. And then I do like Minnesota against Dallas, even though I like the Dallas passing game a little bit. Dallas has allowed an NFL worst 15 points per game to fantasy defenses since Dak went down. So regardless of who's under center for Dallas, it's a good opportunity if you play the defense against them. Okay, uh, we want to remind everyone a premium newsletter purchase gets you free access to our subscriber farm where there are nearly 4,000 subscribers registered waiting to voice their opinions. Thank you for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. See you all in, in week 12 and talking wow. about the playoffs run for fantasy football of the 2020 NFL season is previewed. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.